Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. Glad to have you with us today. And we are going to be talking today about a, a, a topic of great interest and concern to all of us. It is a foreign policy issue. Specifically, we're going to be discussing China. I think we're all very much concerned with the relationship between the United States and China. And I'm personally relieved, I think probably most of you are as well, that we finally have a president who is tired of us as the United States getting the short end of the stick with many of our trading partners, but certainly at the forefront of that being China. Of course, the president ran on his commitment to try to deal with the trading issues with China and to give us a level playing field as a nation once again. So I could not be more pleased with the efforts of the president to fulfill that campaign promise. But there are many, many issues as we come to the issue of China and the topic of China, issues like their efforts now and their really, really their success on beginning to rise on the world stage. We have the issue of their repeated theft of our intellectual property. I want us to be able to talk about that today. Also, we have the the push for their global infrastructure, as they refer to it as. Uh, it is also, you may look at it as their global footprint through a method that they, what they call the One Belt, One Road Initiative. And then last but not least by any stretch is the egregious, systematic abuse of China as it relates to human rights. They have over a million people in the province of Xinjiang that they have in de, uh, that, that are currently being detained. Folks, listen to that. Over a million people right now being detained. And beyond that, there are millions of others who are under strict police surveillance. So these topics and others we want to cover on the program today. Glad to have you with us as we jump right into it. So today we're going to discuss a country governed with very much a different worldview than, than our country and that which our founding fathers gave us. We're going to be talking about China. And of course, many of us already know a good bit about China from communism and these days the trade issue, the trade wars between China and the United States, all of it making front and center stage. Here to discuss some of these differences between our two countries is Congressman Ted Yoho, uh, he proudly represents the people of Florida's 3rd District. He serves as the lead Republican for the House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on Asia, the Pacific, and Nonproliferation. And, of course, he is a great, proud member of the Freedom Caucus and a dear, dear friend. Ted was elected to the House in 2012 and previously served as a businessman. He's a husband and proud father of three. Ted, it's an honor to have you here with us today. Jody, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing what you do and being here and having the opportunity to speak with you about such an important topic. Well, it is an important to topic, and these days, particularly as, as uh, we look at some of the trade wars and some of the other issues that are taking place. And, you know, you look over the, the past several decades, no question, China has significantly risen in its prominence. Uh, we, we are looking at China entering into an era, really, where they are taking center stage in the world. So what does that mean uh, for the United States? Uh, what does it mean for China? 
when their leaders are deliberately, purposefully, intentionally leading them to take center stage in the world. It really is, and um, I'm glad you pointed that out because Mao Zedong in 1948 mapped out a 100-year strategy for China, and this is something you have to admire about their leadership because we lack that in America. We don't have that kind of vision for America. A long-term vision. Not since um, Eisenhower with the road system or John Kennedy with the space program. China's mapped us out, and they followed it to the T. And, um, you know, Xi Jinping in October 2017 at the 17th Chinese Communist Party Congress stated exactly what you said. The era of China has arrived. No longer will we be made to swallow our interests around the world. It's time for China to take the world center stage. They also have a wow. They also have a saying that there cannot be two suns in the in the sky at the same time. One of those is us. One of them is them. So they are very adamant about removing us from the world center stage. They're building five aircraft carriers. They've got a moon program. Uh, they've got the second largest economy. So. You can see what they're doing. Look at their actions in the South China Sea, how they're approaching Hong Kong and their predatory lending practices around the world, gaining deep seaports around the world. Well, their footprint now literally is everywhere around the world, and I do want us to get to that here in a few moments. But with their deliberate, intentional steps towards taking the front and center world stage and deliberately, you said, they're wanting to knock us off that stage, the United States. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, we've had multiple conversations uh, with members of the pro party in Hong Kong, with the foreign minister, with the defense minister, with the ambassador of China. And I have brought these things up to them very, very directly, very bluntly. And uh, they've been very interesting conversations. Ted, the thing that concerns me is I look at uh, how China is is accomplishing this long-term vision that you mentioned, um, and I think it's clear they don't they would love to avoid a military conflict with the United States, but they are marching down this path of taking world dominance and removing us from that position through a variety of other means, uh, economically. Uh, intellectual property, trade, uh, the trade wars themselves. As you mentioned, they're building military footprints around the world, uh, technology. But they're really taking the center stage from kind of non-conventional ways. It's not a military uh, process that they're, they're, they're attempting. Is that fair to it's, say? It's kind of, yeah, you're real, it's real fair, but it's all the above. Right. And if you, look at, if you look at the, um, the trade imbalance of $367 billion and overestimated $600 billion of intellectual property, Jody, these things don't happen overnight. They didn't happen with President Trump. They didn't happen just with President Obama. This is over 40 to 50 years of negligence, ignorance, incompetence in our leaders because they thought that the, the more they worked with China, the more China would come to us and be like a South Korea or a Japan and modernize into the modern Western democracy world. Uh, they have done anything uh, other than that. Deng Xiaoping in the um, 80s when they had the Tiananmen Square, I think it was 85, I can't remember, yeah, 85 was 30 years ago. And um, 
35 years ago. What what he did is they, they thought they were moving into a more liberal situation, but the hardliners over there said, you have got to stop this right now. And so they purged the, the party of the, of the more liberal sect of the Communist Party, if there is such a thing, and they replaced them with hardliners. And they said, no longer will they ever go down that path. And so they have been marching directly to do this. And let me tell you what they've done. They've cornered the market on rare earth metals. We get virtually 100% of our rare earth metals from China. 90% come directly from China. The other 10% come, comes from countries that get it from China. 80% plus of the active pharmaceutical ingredients in our, all of our medicines come directly from China. Wow. The vitamins and minerals that we use in our cattle feed, our horse feed, our hog feed, all come from China. China has covered the world with over 60% of their 5G network. And so they are, they are very strategically marching down, to answer your question, on all of the above. Take out a pocket comb in your, in your wallet and see where it's made. You know, look at, pick up this and see where it's made. Most everything we buy today is made in China. Every time we buy a product that's made in China, you're feeding an economic engine that's just not the economy that's growing. It's their military might and strength, and their goal is to take over the world. Period. I think that's an extremely effective way of describing how they are taking the world's uh, front and center stage. It's little by little, and it's all of the above type strategy. Now, we are hearing a lot about the trade wars between the United States and China, uh, and much of that is at a stalemate. But much of the argument, too, comes right down to what you're talking about. The negotiations within the trade wards include the intellectual property theft that China has been participating in, as you say, for over 40 years now, in addition to just the trade imbalances. Uh, so w what really is at stake here uh, in these, these trade talks that we're uh, engaged with? Well, I think... From my perspective and the people I've talked to, it's not about the trade. I mean, the trade isn't vehicle that we're using now. This is about world dominance, and it's a shakeup of the of the status quo that was developed um, or the world norm after World World War II. We're seeing a tectonic shift in world powers we've not seen since World War II. China's that rising uh, power, and their whole goal is to change the world footprint to where they're the dominant power. Case in point is they're offering an alternative to Western democracies, and they call it social, uh, socialism with Chinese characteristics. And they're selling that to people because they say democracies are messy. Of course, you can look at our country or the UK with Brexit, and they are messy. And Benjamin Franklin forewarned us this in the 1700s when they came out of the Constitutional Convention or Hall and uh, in Philadelphia, and they said, uh, what form of government do you have when that lady asked him? And he says, a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. If you can keep it. And, and so we know they're messy, but they're worth it because they give us liberty and freedom. And so China's offering them, you don't want that, you don't want those democracies. You want socialism, and we'll help you, and we'll give you facial recognition cameras. We'll, we'll let you know how you, how you can grade your, your citizens so that they are good sheep of the Communist Party. Mm. And uh, we forewarn people, make no mistake, their brand of socialism with Chinese characteristics is pure communism. Absolutely, and I do want to get into that, but you mentioned something about their footprint around the world. Uh, there, there, there's this um, 
a term that's being used is the, the One Belt, One Road initiative that China very much is engaged with. It basically, as I understand it, is their uh, global infrastructure, if you will, the global footprint that they are establishing around the world. Can you explain that a little bit more in detail? Sure. What are we talking about with One Belt, One Road? One Belt, One Road is their initiative. It's Another word is the Belt Road Initiative. And their goal is to uh, romantically recreate the Silk Road of ancient Chinese uh, trade routes. Uh, again, this is the way all roads, it's One Belt, One Road, and it's one way it leads to China and it serves China. Uh, they do predatory lending practices. Great example is Sri Lanka or the Maldives or uh, some of the Central American countries to where they give out large loans for infrastructure. Countries can't pay them back because they're bad terms. China winds up taking their strategic lands over. Um, uh, an illustration of that is in Sri Lanka. Um, China lent them money for infrastructure development. Uh, they couldn't pay them back. So China took a 99-year lease on a strategic deep water port plus over 15,000 acres for 99 years. The Sri Lankan government has to renegotiate that. Wow. This has happened in the Maldives. This has happened in Central America. And you brought up a point, and this is so true that people don't realize this. Their footprint is around the world. And through bad foreign policy, i.e. Jimmy Carter and the Panama Canal, he ceded our control of the Panama Canal back to Panama that released it to China. China controls both ends of that. They're in Djibouti. They're in Central and South America. They're in... Um, uh, they gave uh, Haiti $10.3 million. In addition to that, they're intimidating or coercing countries to break diplomatic ties with countries like Taiwan. And uh, I just got back from a Cordell not too long ago in Argentina and Chile, and it shocked me that when we sat with the legislative body and their presidents, they said that China has a higher favorability in those countries than America. Wow. Yeah, That's that was a wow moment. Yep, that, that is a wow moment for sure. And to, to realize that that type of thing is going on all around the world. And, and what you said, and I want to come back to this, what you said a while ago about uh, we need to keep in mind that China is a communist country. And, and <laughs> pure the, and simple. Yeah, pure and simple. And the, the policies that come along with that, I know our State Department estimates that China is holding uh, over, over a million Uyghur Muslims in detention camps. I mean, these are... This is the type of thing you get with a communist country where, where human rights are violated on a regular basis and uh, you, you just don't have the liberties and the freedoms. Can you address a little bit well, of Well, we can, but I have to drop, drop back to something else. But the Uyghurs in the detention camps, and it's in the western province called Xinjiang, they have armed crematoriums there. You know, why do you need armed crematoriums? You know, if people are dead that go in crematoriums, you don't really need to have them armed. But you're talking about the Belt Road Initiative, uh, the One Belt, One Road that China's doing. I failed to mention what we have done. It was our bill. We got passed last Congress with the help of the Freedom Caucus, and that was the Build Act that created the U.S. International Development Finance Corporation that will compete one-on-one -on -one with China's Belt Road Initiative. But we lend for the betterment of that country where they can't. Um, China has a very, going back to the Uyghurs, uh, we've seen them uh, suppress uh, different sects or different religions. Uh, they've done this with the Tibetans. They've done this with the Falun Gong. Um, what people don't understand is in China, you know, the Pope was negotiating getting uh, bishops back in there in the Catholic Church under the premise 
that they understand there is no higher power in the universe than the Chinese Communist Party. This is in their doctrine, this is in their manifesto, that there is no higher power, so they don't really believe in a religion. Their religion is the Communist Party and the role of the individual Chinese. So there are no inalienable rights. No inalienable yeah. rights. Individual citizens' role in life is to serve the Communist Party. Wow. Period. Yeah, that, that's frightening. And, and the Communist Party, like you said, is the Communist Party. And you, you see what's happening with the Uyghurs and uh, millions of other people. Uh, you mentioned a while ago the facial technology that they have all around uh, throughout the, the nation, keeping people under thumb uh, and keep making sure they behave properly and they get certain scores. And based upon those scores, what happens? Based on those scores, you get to do what you want in society. If you have a bad score, and the thing is, Jody, this has already happened. You want to go travel somewhere. You don't know until you go to travel. You go to get on the plane, they says you can't get on because your score is too low. So you've made arrangements to leave. Um, you don't get the favorable uh, financial scores. So your loans are terrible. They even have an app that if you're walking down the street within 100 meters and you're a bad debt, It'll tell people around you to avoid you because you're a bad debt. Wow. I mean, this is how intrusive. This is truly Orwellian George Orwell's 1984. And uh, Xi Jinping and the Communist Party, I know firsthand, have offered that to Maduro via the ZTE technology um, in uh, Venezuela. Wow. They've offered it to Iran, uh, Russia. Um, it, it's just a nefarious thing, and it goes against those very things that we believe in our founders created. And we have, we have so much at stake. Ted, I want to thank you for joining us on the program. This issue of China is a huge one. I don't know of anyone who's any more aware and informed of what's going on than you are, and thank you so much for joining us. Today. Thank you. All right, folks, listen, that's all the time we have for this episode. I thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed the program, please take time to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. For more Freedom Caucus content, you can all, always follow along on Facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus and on Twitter at Freedom Caucus. Until next, day, next time, hope you have a fantastic remainder of your day. We'll see you next time. <laughs>